Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes, yes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Folks, I don't know uh, how active all of you are on the internet, but it has been one of my favorite moments in meme history with this, uh, I'm telling my kids this was blank yeah. uh, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the funniest things I've seen in a while. People bringing back old photos from yeah. movies that I haven't seen in decades. And I'm telling my kids this was LeBron James. Mm-hmm. This was Amelia Earhart. It has been uh, quite a funny thing. So I just want to say to everybody, keep them coming. I don't care if, you know, we're going to ride it till the wheels fall off. Till it's not funny anymore. Keep them coming, man, because the shit is hysterical. Fran, what is going on, man? Is you, You're creeping ever closer to that due date yeah uh, uh talk to me man i have no kids so what are the is it jitters are you are there are there any false alarms you wake up like oh the bag i got the bag pack no. the go bag no no no, no. it's well because today actually uh <clears throat> miss stuff got into it because you know her being pregnant her emotions all those stuff is all over sure. the place and then it's like she's like you need to get this you need to get that i'm like relax mm-hmm. i got it and it's relax. like it's like why are you so calm like, and i'm like <laughs> Cause this is not my first rodeo. I I, like I that. know. I like that. I, you know what I'm saying you feel me. So I it's like, like I, like I know. I, like I know what's. I know what it's going. I know how things are going to go. Yeah. I've been through this before. This is my second child now, mm-hmm. which with her, unbelievable. Yeah, with her. So like, it's like, why? it's chill. It's yeah. like relax. You relax. I was like, all right. You know what? Fine. <laughs> it's like, but it's like this, this is my second child. It's like yeah, I'm not. She's right, man. Whatever she says. She's right. I get that, you but know, it's like whatever, you know. But anyway, um, just be calm. Just be like, I'm, I'm nervous too. Even if you're not, <laughs> just because, because she's right. Yeah, man. Look, but uh, how things are going is, um, she has another doctor's appointment next Wednesday. Just for people that want to know, he's already seven pounds. Oh wow! So he may have to come earlier than the ninth. They induce it. Yeah, I, I know words. Yeah, so I know, um, words. I know words. Yeah, so he's already seven pounds. So he's 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 big. That's why. Yeah, that's why I like kind of weighs as he much might not, as you weigh. Yeah, I was like. He's not gonna take, but I don't think he's gonna take my side. <laughs> yeah, Sophie wasn't it. Her stomach is way bigger now than what it was when Sophie was in it. Uh-huh. It's crazy. So, yeah. but and, yeah, so it's like we're getting close. I mean, I'm hoping he comes next week because then I'll be off of work. I probably won't go back to work till the first of January, oh, 2020, 2020 comeback. Yeah, so the it's mu- gonna the, be the, the, what's that? The mut, the paternity leave. Yeah, that's the paternity. Yeah, leave. yeah so um, 
Getting close. Getting close, man. How yeah, about man. yourself? What's going on? Uh, not, nothing as big as that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, my cat's been shitting upstairs, uh, trying to break him out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as anything close to a parental <laughs> parental level of things, yeah. my cat's being disobedient. But uh, no, I haven't. We're we're good, man. We're chilling. Okay. Uh, planning a to go to a resort in January. Mm-hmm. So just looking at the pricing of that, whew, that's expensive. Um, but you know, is this I, is that still the whole? Um... That situation got in with the with the uh, resort places. And oh, money? that played out. Is it that, still? That, that, yeah, okay. that got taken care of. But who? No, I mean, I know you got that, but I mean, is that what it was about? about yes. Okay. Yeah, I was looking right. at resorts, and and I was, uh, I thought you could book a resort. Yeah. Like you book a hotel. Yeah. To where you book it, and you don't have to pay until you go. Mm-hmm. That's my experience with hotels. Nice hotels, decent hotels. The same result. The results the same. You book your time slot. I'm coming here this week of this month. Mm-hmm. Hold that spot. But if you cancel, as long as you cancel before 30 days of the uh, time, you're good. Man, let me tell you, to anybody listening, you plan on going on a resort, when you press book on that resort, make sure that's the one you want to go to and that's you got the money in the bank. Them funds are coming out. (laughs) They took half the trip out the next day. And I had already sent the mortgage payment. You know, when when it's a bank transaction, it takes like five days. So I had already done that three days ago. I wake up on the Friday to check my account. Like, let me just make sure what I'm gonna have uh-huh. to play with. You know, you're yeah. like doing your little calculation. What I'm gonna have to play with after the mortgage come out? I probably yep. like you know a couple hundred dollars to play around with. I went in my bank account. I said like negative two thousand dollars. Like, whoa, what? That's when you like you like fully wake up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was one of those groggy turnovers. I was yeah. all, mm, let me see him. Go get me some Nando's or something. Chick fil A. Oh God, red. <laughs> the negative line next to the number. A comma. You don't want to see any of those things in your bank account. If it's negative five dollars, you're like, oh shit, let me go run and put fifty dollars yeah. in the bank or something yeah. like that. If it's negative, whatever, you know, you see, you know, but if you see negative, comma, red, you're like, oh, I'm, oh my god. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, the mortgage is gonna come out like in the next twenty four hours. Yeah. I got this needs to be taken care of. <laughs> man, Sierra had to send me like three grand. Man. Yeah, my shit was so negative and the shit it was crazy. They took twenty seven hundred dollars out, and mm. that was half the trip. Damn. So if you look, if you plan on going on to a resort, man, when you press book. Make sure that's the one, cause it, you can't let me hold this for now, and I'm gonna keep shopping yeah. around. I probably shit on myself. I'd have been sold. I came everybody. close. <laughs> Luckily, I was off at home, and there's a bathroom within the, cause, cause the the the, the stomach was in knots. <laughs> Believe that. I I didn't shit on myself, but the stomach was in knots. When you see your bank account all twisted like that, oh, the stomach was all bubble gutted. I was very concerned. I was like, man, if, cause then what if the mortgage come out? Yeah. Then they negative fee me. Yeah. I'm gonna be like negative five thousand dollars in my. Oh my gosh, all kind of stuff started running through my head. What if they take the house? Cause I missed the the payment wasn't there, but the check bounced. Oh, oh I, everything was running through my head. But it all worked out, and uh, the search for the perfect resort continues. Anybody that's been on to any trips to resort? Hit, hit me up. I'm I'm still in the look for you know a nice one, but an affordable one, but not uh too affordable. Cause if it's too affordable, you get there and it's a scam. You get there and it's like, oh, this doesn't look like the pictures at all. This is shitty. Like for Martin. Exactly. So I don't, I don't want it to be too good to be true. I want an affordable one, but yeah. I still like, you know, if I do stuff, I like to go all out, want cabanas and flat screens and yeah. air conditioning and all that kind of stuff. So anybody know any, have any recommendations, please hit us up. Now, before I get into some of the news that I have, I wanted to do a quick corrections corner. Not so much a corrections corner, but um, I put a post up on Instagram after last week's episode because we talked about Rodney Reed for a good a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And I said some things um, in favor of him speaking from the heart and um about you know him not getting to see his mom and all those mm-hmm. kind of things and all those things are still true some accusations have come out against Rodney Reed 
that um, haven't been proven. Some of the stuff, he beat the charges, but the waters just got a little bit murky, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be a person who said all these kind of things about Rodney Reed, moved on, heard some things about Rodney Reed, and then never came back and addressed it again mm-hmm. because something in me, just that just felt dishonest. Mm-hmm. If I didn't say, I, at least I saw this stuff. So, what I'll say is, um, the accusations are uh, sexual in nature, some assault cases, some other things, some similar situations to the things that he's in, in prison for currently. Mm-hmm. What I'll say is, I still believe wholeheartedly that Rodney Innocent is innocent, Rodney Reed is innocent of what he's in prison for. And I also want to say it is a very slippery slope when you start playing a game. Um, because I, I think my post came out and I think people took it like I was saying, fuck him, or maybe I was saying, I'm, I don't believe it anymore. Mm. Um, I, it made me less, uh, of a champion about it mm-hmm. is what it did. It made me less like, yeah, man, this dude is, this dude was just sitting in church and, and, and they took him from out of church and railroaded him in the system. And that narrative changed me when I heard these things. Mm. I still believe he's innocent. And what I want to say is this is a very dangerous game and, uh, cr- uh, criminal justice institu- institutions have used these these kind of tactics before, where they go, "Here's look at his whole. He's not an angel, mm-hmm. and that's a very dangerous game to play because this could be they they use this on all types of people, people that die. You know, they use this they use this against Trayvon Martin. They use this against you know uh, um, um, Laquan McDonald. They put the photo up of him in a grill." And hold, throwing up a gang sign, and they go, yeah, he died, but look, he wasn't just some innocent person. Mm-hmm. So don't feel so sorry for him because he wasn't an angel. That doesn't take away from this person. by anybody, though. Exactly. But I'm just saying it happens to people of yeah. a certain skin tone mm-hmm. in the oh, media, the way that it, you know, it's portrayed a lot of times to fix the narrative. Oh, uh, you're calling this police uh, um, district in this city corrupt. Well, check this out. This Look at these other things Rodney Reed was accused of. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, I don't like that tactic. I don't, this is not making me less confident that he's innocent. Mm-hmm. And people should be very careful about falling into that trap of, oh, well, he may have did something else. So fuck it. Even if he's innocent of this, he might be guilty of something else. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if he didn't get a fair trial. Everybody deserves a fair day in court. And that's the bottom line. So um, I just wanted to clear that up the best I could. That mm-hmm. might not have cleared it up for everybody, but how I, when I heard what I heard, the accusations that I heard, it made me feel like I needed to at least address that I heard them because I came out so gung ho last week and positive mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. I wanted to say, hey, I heard him. I still believe he's innocent. These other things, to my knowledge as of right now, are just accusations. So that doesn't mean that fuck the campaign to free Rodney Reed for the charges he's in prison for currently. Mm-hmm. Um. With that being said, I want to move on to, um, I want to play a clip for you. Okay. Because um, I saw this on Twitter and, you know, I've I've alluded to my lack of, um, I'm not a big fan of church. Okay. In the sense of what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan of anybody who practices their religion and has a faith system and all that kind of stuff. But religion, as is constructed currently in society, is a little weird. Yeah. So I want to play this clip and just get your opinion. I don't know if you've seen it. So I just want to play this clip for you real quick. To show God that you're really humble. No, when you're poor, broke, and defeated, all that proves is that you're poor, broke, and defeated. It doesn't bring any honor to God. If I brought my two children up on the platform today 
and their clothes were all raggedy, worn out, holes in their shoes, hair not combed, you would look at me and think, what kind of father is he? It'd be a poor reflection on me. Listen, when you look good, dress good, live in a nice place, excel in your career, generous with others, that brings a smile to God's face. It brings him pleasure to prosper you. My father. So that was that was Joel Osteen calling poor people, uh, telling poor people that God hates you. Uh, Kanye West went to Joel Osteen's church. I'm sure Joel Osteen was just flying low, doing his weird little seminars and taking money from people. And now that clip kind of made uh, some news on Twitter and other platforms because, you know, it's gross, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I agree with I agree with the 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 notion of you should present your best self. But the idea that if you aren't able to do that, that like God, you aren't putting a smile on God's face. It was just something about that that I thought pretty gross. I thought it was pretty gross. What did you take from that clip? Um, I did see that clip. I didn't, I saw it on my timeline, but I didn't watch it because I'm not a church person either. Uh-huh. Um, but... I get, I get. The only part I can relate to when he said was the reflection of his kids on him. That's the only sure, part I can relate sure, to. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. But for you saying that, if you're, what do you say, broken? What do you say? What else he was saying, he if if you're broke and 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 dirty and defeated, the only thing that proves is that you're broke, broke dirty, dirty and defeated, and that God and is God not happy. Yeah, God doesn't that. have time for that. Yeah, you know, He wants to see you succeed and be clean and. And, and making money and all these things like that—that that brings a smile to God's face. Yeah, and, and I, then yeah. how I will reply to that too is like, how do you know that? That's that's why I don't I don't get into Reli- religion. religion. It's money not me. shouldn't have anything to do with nothing. I don't understand your religion. What do you mean? The idea of paying tithes, giving ten percent of your income every year to yeah. a person because it's not going to God. Yeah, it's going to that church. Yeah, so. You know, and uh, Joel Osteen has said some other things where I'm like, man, listen. That's gross. Yeah. He also owns a private plane. Yeah. And I think that saying something like that when he is who he is, is like saying, God wants me to have all this money that you guys are giving me. I'm not a bad guy. God wants me to fly on a private plane and wear these Louis Vuitton shoes and and all the, he wants me to, I am making God happy because I'm prospering. I'm clean. I'm rich. Mm -hmm. And that's what God wants to see from all of us. Right. So give me your money so I can do that. And it's fine for me to do it as well. I'm buying a Rolls Royce truck mm-hmm. and that's cool too. That's fine. God loves it. Yeah. If he, uh, if he said that, you know, that's, that's, that's from an actual person. I mean, I don't want to get into that. But as far as you saying, like if he was saying that you uh-huh. would look at a person like, oh, well, he's broken dirty. Then as that, if that's how we look, that's how we look. That's who he is as a person. Absolutely. Right. But. I just don't. I don't to, like to that. To say that the um, yeah. the everything that you believe in and have faith in, if you're a homeless person, he's like, you need to get a job, yeah. man. You're making yeah. me sad, and I don't like it, and you're a broke yeah. boy. I've seen because the thing is, I've seen that firsthand because my dad's best friend is like a bishop, so it's like, mm-hmm. come on, bro. And this dude has a mansion and whatnot. Yeah, it's just some things where yeah. you shouldn't, as a person of God, the 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 you shouldn't. Ever, I never want the person who's giving me my word to when he walks into a room, everybody's like, oh, okay, I- I'm trying to get like you. Like, yeah, like, like uh, you, that's me. Like you own a business. Or, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess technically it is a business, but you shouldn't, you should you should idolize the person who's given the word because he is close to God and a spiritual person, not because he owns a phantom. You know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah, because my, my, 
the, the guy I'm talking about, dude's clean. Yeah, Come I'm in, sure. Got a new outfit, hairs, hairs on fleek. Yeah, and I see him, I'm like, damn. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> like, it, you should be like, damn, you're so godly. Yeah, not like, damn, man. Whatever you're making money, like that shouldn't That's how be. The, I look yeah, at that shouldn't be what you say about your pastor. Like, damn, you got bread. Like that should not be. You pull up in an all white phantom. It's like, yeah, that's what? that's what a is, wild what's thing. What's going on you know? here? Like, oh uh, yeah, you know, thank you, Sister Bernice. You yeah. know, she uh, she gave her uh, she passed away and she donated her uh, life insurance money yeah. to the church and that helped us get a new wing yeah. and get a new baptismal yeah. that baptismal pool. So I want to give a thank you to her. Amen. Yeah, it's another. It's a. What else is weird Send is the that plate around, yeah, money. it's like I have a the guy that lives on my route is a pastor the church my dad goes to right and I and I go I'm like and it's weird because you go I was like does he have another job he was like yeah he has another he has like a nine to five like everybody else I okay like, I was like oh but me it's like when you see people like him it's like I thought that I I would why he living in a little house just, yeah, why he drives yeah, why a, a three hundred Chrysler he, right he, and it's, he preaches right and that's weird and it's like when you see it and I was like he's like yeah he has a real job he has a, a regular job I was like, yeah oh. no that's the man I want yeah. to 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 give me my word I don't want anybody to give me a word yeah. but I'm just saying if I was following that path yeah. I don't. I want. I mean, I'm not saying a pastor should have to have another job right but but you, you get what I'm saying yeah though? you shouldn't yeah. be living beyond your means right. off of people's giving from their heart yeah you know it's that shouldn't be your job everything's a write-off of the yeah. church and the church bought your house and the church bought you a lamborghini truck and all these things like that's wild yeah and that's my final take on organized religion i think it's, yeah. it's the church has got good chicken though i'll tell you that you get, oh the best <laughs> well that's because it's coming from all those people they love it's from love oh. everybody's granny is cooking for the oh, church oh god doesn't bring that chicken down no oh, bro, shit. Yeah, no that's not from god that's from you oh, know okay. miss mabel you know oh. she's putting that work and you know she got that arm hmm. she got that arm yeah that fat arm yeah and that's when you when you make potato salad and, and yams with that fat arm that granny arm where it's like <laughs> forearm then it's like yeah. the, the the bicep is bulging and hanging yeah yeah that's yeah. the that's the you know that's the that's the good swirling arm mm. get the get all the Extra seasonings from you know how to get stuff gets stuck to the bowl. Yeah, they scrape it off. It's all in that elbow, <laughs> and those are all the people that's cooking for the church. I God made that chicken. No, 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 no. He, he, he. You know, he, he, he put a blessing on it. You know, okay. it might the chicken might be anointed. Okay. Follow me. The chicken might be anointed mm-hmm. in the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, he sent his word down, mm-hmm. but he he put his spirit into another body, mm-hmm. another a uh, uh, vessel mm-hmm. to put hands on that chicken mm-hmm. and prepare it mm-hmm. and lay the table mm-hmm. and set the table mm-hmm. and and provide. Mm-hmm. And now that that's all that was. Preach. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I I don't need to get into that any yeah. further. Um, one last PSA before we go um to a break and get into the fucked up shit. Um. To all our female listeners, uh, this sex trafficking shit is, the numbers are looking scary. Women are getting snatched. Mm. I saw a video of a woman who like escaped getting snatched from a trunk. Whoa. uh, And, you know, put a video up on on the internet just to say, uh, I think, I believe she was in Texas to say, you know, uh, shit is crazy out here. They are snatching people. And um, the statistics are pretty scary for black women. Um, Black women are 40% of the... um, kidnapping statistics wow and most most black women are kidnapped by black men but trafficked in sexual nature to wealthy upper class people being of whatever race but what? so that's kind of the that's kind of the and that's been the hustle for that goes back to slave time but that's weird it's like how do you how do you come in contact with somebody that's in that business where it goes yeah man if you 
you snatch up a female, bring it to me, you get this. Well, like, what? well, what it is is it's at least at a at a ground level, as far as I can connect the dots. You you don't have to look any further than the Centoya Brown case. Mm-hmm. That guy cutthroat was her pimp. He brainwashed her and tricked her into thinking he was her boyfriend. Yeah, but he was her pimp and he was sexually trafficking her. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that it can be that simple of just pimping. Oh, I look this at this image I of look pimping at it that as, we have of having a stable of girls uh-huh. and all this kind of stuff. That's sex trafficking. Yeah, I look at it as you getting this person and bringing her to some type of underground. But that's happening too. Okay, that's what I'm looking at. Yes, yes. Looking, now that I don't, it's we're we're so straight edge that we can't even conceive how yeah. that's a world. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if you, it's real easy to make a transition from pimping to kidnapping women and delivering to them to a warehouse. Yeah. You know, the world is crazy and the internet has made it even crazier. You could be a pimp, have a name for yourself, make some kind of internet account on, you know, on the interwebs and people send you emails. Yo, we need, we need a black girl. Yo, we need a Spanish girl. Bring her here. Hmm. I don't, I'm not saying I know this for a fact. I'm just saying it could be that simple. Yeah. So the world is crazy. Everybody, women, I, I implore any woman. I, I hate that I have to say this, but if you don't have some kind of pepper spray on your keychain or something. Yeah. Guard, just protect yourself, man. Have something on you to protect yourself at all times. And uh, a little, a little, another PSA within the PSA. Every car or vehicle made after 2010 has an escape latch within the trunk. Yeah. Most of them glow in the dark, mm-hmm. and you just pull the lever and the trunk opens up. Yeah. A video that I saw from a police officer said, "Don't wait until the car stops to pull the lever." Yeah. If you see the lever, if the car is moving. Brace yourself, pull the lever, and jump out. And yeah. I guess this could be a message to men, kids, everything. But women are being snatched off the streets. Black women, all at a higher rate, are being snatched off the streets. And I feel like I'm implored, I'm, I'm, I'm compelled to say this because I, I own my privilege as a man that I don't think about these things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like any information that I come across, I should pass it on to our female listeners. Yeah. Um. You know, this police officer said. Don't wait for the car to stop because you don't know yeah. where the car is going. The car can stop and it's too late. You open the trunk up and you're in the, the uh, switch to the next vehicle uh, meetup place. Yeah. So if the car is moving, pull the lever, jump out. Yeah. I don't, know, you know. yeah I don't know about you guys or you, but me and Steph, I, we have our locations between. But so I, she know where I am. She On I the phone. On the phone. So yes. we know exactly where we are. And that's crucial. I think, yeah, I think that's a... If you if you're married, us in a you know a, yeah if you're not creeping around, yeah. yeah if you're not creeping around because yeah. I, I understand <laughs> I understand the idea. Let yeah. me also oh shit while we're doing PSAs, mm-hmm. I don't want to be Steve Harvey and, and you know snitching on dudes out here, but it is what it is. I'm you know I'm getting married soon, man. Yeah. I'm out of the game. Uh, if a guy is uh really f- freaking out when you touch his phone or laughing at the notion that you're turning your locations on because of a reason like that. If you mm-hmm. just, if you come to him at, with some stupid shit like, because I just want to be, I just want to know where you are. You know, I guess that's not stupid shit. I'm, uh, there's a stupider way of saying yeah. that of like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just want to keep tabs on you. Yeah. But if it's like, I'm just concerned, you know, it's crazy times yeah. I hear people getting shot. I just want to know where you are. If he, if he laughs you off and, and you know, dismisses that, that's a red flag. Yeah. This shit is not a game. It's not a game at all. <laughs> if you're in a loving relationship, and you feel like you guys are going the distance. Yeah. And you now me and Sierra don't have that turned on, but mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. Right. We just haven't done it. Right. I feel you saying that to me is like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Because yeah. shit is crazy out here. You know, you why wouldn't you do that? Right. It's, it's, but there there are some dudes who might go, nah, man, you you don't need to I'll tell I know where I know where you are and you know where I am. Ain't kind of bullshit like that. We I know, we know it's all within the spirit. We yeah. know where we are internally. Right. That's a red flag, and that person, you know, you should 
be weary of starting a life with that person, buying yeah. a house with them, you know, making a commitment to them. Um, anyways, yeah, so, uh, ugh. So that's a couple of PSAs from Affirmative Murder. Yeah. There's a there's an escape latch in every truck made after 2010. And uh, turn your notifications on. Turn your location on. You know, uh, send me your location. Kids, could be your kids, too. It could be your kids, too. Especially kids, man, kids. I saw a six-year-old with an iPhone. Like the new one with the two cameras. The three cameras on. The three, I'm sorry, but yeah. the three cameras on. Mm-hmm. I was like, that should have. Yeah. Where'd they do that at? Yeah. I had I a Nokia minute phone. Prepaid, yep. Yeah, <laughs> with snake on it. <laughs> You know, and I guess that at the time, I guess that was the iPhone. Yeah, but still, it didn't it didn't cost twelve hundred dollars. Right. So I don't know, man. That won't be happening. Yeah, get get these kids a little get them a burner phone, man. Yeah, they don't need to get them a burner phone if they want to play games. Get them an iPad. They want a phone, buy that shit. Get a job. Man, for six year old needs a phone. You know? Oh well, you know. he don't need a phone, or she don't need a phone. That's true. You with me all the time. You don't need to be using the phone in preschool, yeah. Yeah. but whatever. I don't, I'm not a parent. I don't like to say. I don't like to be saying stuff parentally, and I don't know what it's like. And I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. I don't know. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. What I'm gonna play is this is the Swayze's uh, off their new EP. Shout out to my boy Les Green. Just dropped some new music. Had a record release party down there in, in Florida. Uh, it was a swimming good affair. From what I, the videos I saw, it was a hell of a turnout. I want to play a uh, baby from their new EP. Uh, almost there. Uh, shout out to you, Les, and keep going. 2020 is your year. When we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit, so stick around. And we are back. Before I throw things over the fr- to friend, I just wanted to read a, a little review that I saw that cracked me up. Um, also, you know, just quick a plug, you know, please leave a five star review whenever you get a chance. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, this one is titled "It's Like If Your Aunties Had a Murder Podcast." Hmm. It's from anonymous eight two six nine zero because there's an exclamation point at the end. Okay, it says one of my favorites. Hosts are longtime friends, so great rapport. Reminds me of eavesdropping on my aunties after long family dinner hmm. when they don't care anymore who is listening. Hmm. Nice Facebook group too. Don't join and mess it up for us. Now, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to us for being gender fluid king queens, man. I did not know that's that was a new review for me. I didn't recognize that people saw us as their aunties. Yeah. That's a new <laughs> that was a new one for me. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's yeah. an interesting one. But you know, I am every woman. It's all in me, I guess. I don't I don't really know what to say to that. Thank you, Anonymous. We appreciate it. You know, um, I love all my aunties. 
Yeah. And, you know, if, if we are giving you those kind of vibes, we'll, we'll take it, man. Just keep listening. I, I don't know what else to say. If, if you like it, we love it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, anyway, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you, Fran. Okay. Please take the floor. <clears throat> so my affirmative murder, affirmative murder this week is uh, Dan- Daniel Camargo Barbosa. Oh, okay. So Daniel Camargo Barbosa was a Colombian serial killer mm-hmm. who was believed to who was believed that he raped and murdered up to 150 young girls oh, in Colombia and Ecuador during the 1970s and 1980s. Okay. So Daniel Daniel's mother died when he was a little boy, mm-hmm. and his father was over overbearing and emotionally distant. He was raised by an abusive stepmother who punished him and sometimes dressed him in girls' clothing, mm. making him a victim of ridicule ridic- ridicule. In front of his peers. <clears throat> he was first arrested in Bogota on uh, May 24th, 1958 for petty theft. Okay. Daniel had a de facto union with a um, woman named Alissera and um, had two children with her. Okay. He fell in love with another woman, oh. Esperanza, who was 28, Player. whom he planned to marry, but then found out that she was not a virgin. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this became the root of Daniel's fixations. He and Esperanza formed an agreement that he would stay with her if he aided him in finding other virgin girls to have sex with. So he only wanted to have sex with virgins. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all right. Well, that'll all right. I yeah. guess. No. Fuck that. That's gross. Like, how do you? Because she was in on it. But uh-huh. it's like, how do you, if somebody tell you that, how do you go, I know it had to throw off, but it was like, well, I, I like him. I really like him. So, yeah, I mean, I mean we've seen it before, man. That Canadian serial killer, you know, yeah. his girlfriend was in the on him. Scarborough Rapes. Yeah, we seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, some of these dudes just got mad game, I guess. Yeah. I don't when know. I, when, I, when I read that, that's the first person I thought of. Yeah. Yep. So this began um, a period of their partnership in crime. Esperanza was Daniel's accomplice, luring young girls to an apartment under false pretenses and then drugging them with sodium sleeping pills mm. so that Daniel could rape them. Daniel committed five rapes in this way mm. but did not kill any of the girls. The fifth child that they abused in this way reported the crime. Oh, so these are young girls? Young girls, yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so the fifth child that was abused in this way reported the crime and both Daniel and Esperanza was, were arrested and taken to separate prisons. Daniel was convicted of sexual assault in Colombia on um, April 10th, 1964. So a judge sentenced Daniel to three years in prison, and Daniel was initially grateful for the perceived leniency of the the judge, swearing to repent and mend his ways. How much time did he get? Three years. For five rapes? Yes. Child rapes? Yep. Wow. Um, wow! Yeah, so he was convicted. Yeah, he was convicted for and was like assault. and was like uh, awesome, man. Yeah, Thank he was you. happy. Wow! Yeah, that's it. Three yeah. years. Wow! I will never Ooh. do it again. Oh man! Yep. Thank you. Yep. Wow! Geez. Yeah, so he was swearing that. Excuse me, that he would never do it again. Of course, you do when somebody yeah. you know yeah. cuts your break. Yeah. <laughs> Say whatever. Yep. So, however, a new judge was given the the uh, precedence over the case, and Daniel was sentenced to eight years in prison. I mean, better. But still, but he was this this that pissed him off though. Oh, okay. Um, this provoked Daniel to uh, rebellious anger. He served his full sentence and was then released. So he thought I'm he was gonna rape, get out. I'm rape even more. Yeah, now. yep. He thought he was gonna get out three, but he ended up doing eight because of a new, a new judge that took over the case. He was gonna rape anyway. Yeah. 
don't 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 try to make it out to be now they made you rape more because yeah. try to blame it on that yeah, yeah the system made you rape more so um in 1973 he was arrested in brazil for um being undocumented due to the delay to due to a delay in sending daniel's criminal records from colombia he was deported and released to his false um i mean with his false identity mm. when he returned to colombia he took up a job as a street vendor in uh Baron Baron Quilla, um, selling television monitors. One Damn. day, when passing by a school, he kidnapped a nine-year-old girl. Mm. After raping her, he murdered her. He murdered her so that she could not inform the police, as his previous victim had done. That's an escalation. Yep, this was the assault involving. This was his first assault involving murder. Yeah. Now, when uh, in his mind that made is, sense because he learned. Yeah. He's like I won't get caught this way. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm a, I'll explain what I was about to say after this part. So Daniel was arrested on May 3rd, 1974 in Columbia when he returned to the scene of the crime to recover the television screens that he left beside the, besides the victim. Now, wow. reading that, uh-huh. how I pictured this whole thing went was like him walking around with these big ass, well, these yeah, little ass 70s, right? TV monitors, yeah. screens. Black and white, little black and white. And just was TVs. like walking, trying to sell these, make some money. Yeah. Walk past the school, see a little girl's like, hold up. I want that one. Walks backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what he got to do, you know, lure lure this little girl to where he's going. Uh-huh. Put the TVs there. Yeah. Do what he, leave, come back. Oh, shit, I got to go back and get my TVs. I got to yeah. get some money. Uh-huh. Comes back, get the it's TVs. Like the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, it's like he was doing his business until he couldn't resist that urge of him kidnapping a nine-year-old girl. Now, that's interesting. You walked me into an interesting thing because I saw a documentary it was a show, I believe, about how, and it it, it seemed to be a part of the agenda to normalize pedophilia. Mm-hmm. But I watched it anyway. It was an interesting documentary. They made some they made some points, I guess, where they were saying the pedophiles were saying, "I don't want to molest children. I don't have any control over this." The way a drug addict, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I'm sick. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sick the same as. Somebody who's schizophrenic is sick. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting uh, point of view. How do you, where do you stand on that? Because that sounds like. Sounds like an addiction. What, it sounds like what you were saying. I don't know if that's what you were saying. or like, He was a, just trying to sell his TVs and then his addiction kicked in. Yeah. It's like some. It's like if somebody, if somebody was to be like, just like you said, I can't, I don't, you know, I cannot do it. But uh-huh. if somebody's going to drop it in my lap, I mean. What else am I supposed to do? Okay. That's interesting. It's an interesting point of view. It's, it's one of those kind of things where a lot of times people can't have debates about stuff like this because mm-hmm. it is based in emotion. Yeah. So if you just, you know, look at something like super sterile and just say, yes, if somebody feels like it's a compulsion, like they don't yeah. have a choice. But then you say, oh, but yeah, they're fucking children. Yeah. It's like, oh, then there's no, there's no discussing this. They need to all be killed and sterilized and da 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 da. da. And it's like, okay, I fall on the side of I think fucking children is disgusting, and yeah. I have no sympathy for anything anybody like that. But right. I can also acknowledge possibly that it may be some kind of defect in their brain. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's okay or that's normal or that should be treated like they're uh, the P and LGBTQP, but yeah. you know their sexual orientation or something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying. Yes, that's fucking gross and they're terrible and they need to be, you know, studied, put away, mm-hmm. whatever, punished if they do stuff like that. But I can also recognize maybe it's a, you know, 
a sickness. But it's still an, it, yeah, but it's still an urge, though. It's like yeah. something they can't fight. It's like, I mean, it's not the same level, but if you go, you know, I have a lot of money, uh-huh. but I don't need I don't need somebody to give me money, but if somebody offers you a dollar, you're going to be like... Take that dollar. You're going to take that dollar. That's a crazy analogy for pedophilia. <laughs> I said it's not the same level, but... No, for sure. But no, you, I got what you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's no, like, no, you can't it. go... You know, I can I cannot do it, but yeah. I mean, if somebody's going, to... I'm just going to walk past a school yeah. for the kids. I somebody's mean, I going. Mean, if yeah. I have that that chance of just doing it, and nobody's but you know looking. Yeah, why not? It's like, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that's like I said, I think he was doing his job, and then he walked past the uh, elementary school, whatever. It was like, and saw then, you know, that his his, saw his, his urge kicked in, right? Yep. Um, where was I? Uh, he went back to his TVs. Yeah, got, got his TVs. Yeah, he left besides the victim. Um. Beside the victim, even though it was, even though it is believed that he raped and killed more than eighty girls in Colombia, Daniel was in prison, um, in Colombia after being convicted of raping and killing a nine-year-old girl. So he was initially sentenced to thirty years in prison. Thirty. He was thirty. Yep, okay, 30 that sounds more like yeah. Yeah. Um, but this sentence was reduced to twenty-five years, and he was interned in the prison on the island of. Gurgana, Colombia, on December 24th, 1977. So in November 1984, Daniel escaped from the prison mm. um, in a, uh, he escaped from the prison in a primitive boat after having, after having carefully studied the ocean's currents. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he made a boat or he found a boat, it doesn't say. He got his hands on a boat and knew which way the tides went. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a that's a that's a very uh, maybe just throw his mattress out there and fucking yeah, float it on that. Yeah, that's a detailed plan, man. So, um, yeah, he studied the ocean's currents, and then authorities assumed that he died at sea. Mm. Um, and the press reported that he had been eaten by sharks. So they just stopped looking. They just him. throwing shit out there because they don't know. <laughs> they but don't also, know that probably is the make them look better. Cause yeah. like we instead of we lost the person, we lost him, but he's dead anyway. So don't even worry about yeah. it. It's not our fault. He's he. It's impossible to escape from this island. You'll be eaten by sharks. But yeah. that helped him because he wasn't eaten by sharks, and now everybody thinks he's dead. Yeah. So he eventually arrived in Quito, Ecuador. He then traveled by bus to Yaquil. Yaquil, um, I learned how to say that. Shout out to my man, Henry. He's from Ecuador. Oh. Um, Is that how you say it? Yeah, Yaquil. Oh, Yaquil. Mm-hmm. On, uh, so he traveled by bus to Yaquil on 5th or 6th of December, 1984. On December 18th, he abducted a nine-year-old girl. Right back to it. Yep, from the city of Quevedo, in the in the province of Los Los Rios, Ecuador. The next day, a ten-year-old girl also disappeared. So he, I mean, he he got into it immediately mm-hmm. in like like full speed. Yep. So from 1984 to 1986, Daniel committed a series of at least 54 rapes wow. and murders in Yaquil. And murders. Yep. Wow. The police at first believed that all the deaths were um, were the work of a young ga- oh. of a gang. What you was about to say? I, I thought you were gonna say unrelated. No, <laughs> but the <laughs> work of a young gang. Yeah, yeah, because those numbers are nuts. Yeah, yep. The, the um, yep. The, those deaths was the work of a gang, not understanding that one man could have killed so many. Yeah, for sure. I would think that. This, I would think the same thing. Yeah. Don't underestimate no guy that that goes to prison, breaks out, and then. Hops on a mattress and you survives know, shark survives attacks. shark attacks and then studies ocean currents. Yeah. And well, that dude Peewee you did last week, I, he was five two. I, yeah. I underestimated him until yeah, every, really every time you were like, and then he did this. Yeah. Like, oh wow, shit, never mind. Yeah. So yeah, no. 
An average size man, I can only imagine. Yeah. So Daniel slept on the streets and lived off the money he could gain by reselling ballpoint pens. All right, Bick. Yeah, what? <laughs> Selling make, I guess you could make a living doing that in the 80s because everybody still wrote. Like, if somebody tried to sell me a pen now, I'm like, I'll never use this. Yeah. I'll never use... I used... I could count how many times I used a pen in a, in a week, in mm-hmm. the week, on my on one hand. Yeah. You know, I signed my, the well, back I guess of my check on, on Friday. Depends on what you do. I guess, but like... Would you buy a pen off the street in 2019? Me? Like a person, yeah. No. You know, if it's not a pen. That's what I'm saying. If it's 1985, (laughs) you might go, oh, pens in bulk? Oh, I could use those. I use pens all the time. But in 2019, you're like, I'm good. I'm sure I'll just find a pen. But he's reselling pens. I mean, I'm like, is that pen used? Because I don't want to use pen. Yeah, there's no more ink in this. I don't want to have to shake it and you got like right on the pen. you got put in all kind of fucking dents in your page from yeah. striking it across the page with no ink coming out I lick the bottom it. lick the pen so nah, the nah, nah, nah. that's not something I I didn't I didn't do that you didn't do that yeah no. what because pens are disgusting oh well you gotta get the I understand the concept but I was like I'm not licking this pen <laughs> so I can get fucking yuck mouth <laughs> that's what you do you better sign that check yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, listen, just then just off principle. Yeah, just off of for the image. Absolutely. I'm licking the pick, the tip of the pen, signing that check for a hundred thousand dollars. How's that any different than you just? Cause man, if you're signing your name on a fucking bill at Jiffy Lube, lick the pen, <laughs> lick the pen at Jiffy Lube, the one that's hanging off the chain. Oh, <laughs> people putting their Jiffy Lube hands on that pen. I'm not licking that pen. Uh. So yeah, so he re- he was reselling ballpoint pens in the streets. Occasionally, he s- uh, supplemented his income by selling clothing or small valuables belonging to his victims. Oh, that's gross! Fucked up. Oh, yeah, that's gross. That's so Daniel selected um, helpless young lower class girls in search of work and approached and approached them, pretending to be a foreigner who needed to find a um, protestant pastor. pastor Protestant. Sorry, Protestant yeah. pastor in a church on the outskirts of town. I'm not, I don't, um, about is that like a, I've been learning, I've been learning, not been learning. I mean, I, we went to Ireland and Ireland is very much divided by Protestants and Catholics. Uh-huh. And then we watched this movie called Mary Queen of Scots the other night. Mm-hmm. And that was about, you know, uh, the Tudors and that, you know, the English royalty and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And the Catholic church, uh, listens to the Pope. Okay, and Protest- yeah. Protestants believe that there's nobody that can give the word of the word of God is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So Protestants don't they think that the Pope is a fraud and mm. you shouldn't listen to that person because he's not given the word of God. The word of God is in this book. Yeah, that's what a Protestant is to the best of my ability to describe it. This book is that the Bible. Yeah. Bible. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're all they all follow like oh, okay. Jesus or you whatever. just said book. I thought it was like yeah, the Bible. Shit. Yeah, the Bible. No, yeah, okay. it's the Bible. But yeah, so Protestants just don't believe that the Pope should be able to dictate anything. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they need to find a Protestant pastor in the church on the outskirts of town. He explained that he had to deliver a large sum of money, which he showed them as proof, and he offered them a reward if they would accompany him to show to show him the way. He pretended that he was a stranger in the area and hinted at the possibility the possibility of the girls getting a job at the factory. Hmm. So no one, I mean, these are all lower, lower class uh, young women. Yeah. And it's also crazy how these kind of tactics jump geography lines. Because I remember you did a story a couple few months back about an African, like a serial killer in Africa who was 
luring women in by promising them jobs Mm -hmm. and then killing them, you know? So it's crazy how if your mind goes there, how a lot of the tactics are the same, you know, like what kind of lies you tell to a poor person or to to a kid. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, I don't see why that wouldn't work. Poor people are only, they're going to respond to one of four, one of four things tops like do you have drugs yeah. do you have money yeah do you have the prospect of a job yeah. or you know i don't know what the fourth one would be but you know you the know gullible alcohol people? you yeah. know what you know or desperate is the word you yeah know? i mean somebody that somebody that's willing to go with somebody they've never met for a job really needs that job yeah you know um yeah so no one no one was suspicious of an elder of an older man accompanying 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 um, a girl or young woman who could be his um, granddaughter. Yeah, so, I mean, I so. it caught no attention from anybody with him walking with Yeah, and then it's person. like, it's not like he is white or yeah. something where, like, if they're brown, he's brown, make no assumptions. Yeah. You know, I've already spoken on here before, like, you know, it's 2019, so I've had to, I've had to retrain myself to when I see a 65-year-old white man with a black kid to not call the police because I'm like, you know, it's 2019. Kids are, you know, people are mixing races these days. That could be his grandson. Yeah. But that wouldn't be a problem in a in a Hispanic country. Mm-hmm. Be, if that's the Spanish, I don't know, Hispanic, I don't know. Yeah. In, the, in that country because they all kind of have the same, they're not drastically different in racial identification. Yeah. You know, they're both, you know, brown people mm-hmm. speaking Spanish or something, you know, you know, so that's interesting. Yeah. You could pass that way, way easier. Than you could in America as like a white man with a with a Hispanic kid, right? So Daniel would um, he would then enter the woods, claiming to be looking for a shortcut in order to avoid arousing arousing suspicious suspicion in his victims. Now, I feel like that should shut off a red flag if somebody goes, if somebody act like acts like they're not in that they're not from that area, uh-huh. a foreigner, mm-hmm. and then you know say I need you to sh- I need to find this. Can you show me the way? Yeah. Can you come with me and I'll give you whatever the reward is. But then go. Maybe we should go this way. Like, like they Wait, know. What? I yeah, thought you I feel- were new around here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but also at the same time, you got to factor in that desperation. Yeah, but like, I mean, at the end of this rainbow that I'm following is going to be a job or some kind of money, and I haven't eaten in three days. You know, so it's that, that's the kind of people he's dealing with. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not, we're not talking about like. The broke we were when we were fifteen or something. Yeah. But like, if somebody I, goes, I you should go it's this like, way, and their way is woods. It's like I, I get I it. I understand what you're saying I mean, in, like, in retrospect, but I I can't put myself in the mind of somebody that's like desperately poor, you know. And and somebody comes along. You said he showed them like a a wad of money, right? Yeah, he had like a you know. So was, this guy has money. He's offering me a job. All I have to do is go ahead and show him this, and then I can eat, or my brother can eat, or whatever. It's the, Playing on people's desperation is a really sick move. That's why yeah. it really makes me sick. We do this podcast a lot, and we hear a lot of stories of people getting their addiction used against them, where you know, they are addicted to crack or heroin, yeah. and somebody offers them heroin and then kills them. You know, So, yeah, man, p- preying on people's uh, desperations is, is super gross. Yeah. Yeah, so he would enter the woods and then um, claiming to be looking for a shortcut to avoid uh, arousing suspicion in his victims. If the girls did not grow... Suspicious and draw back, he did not prevent them from leaving. Ooh, so some of them did get yeah. a little suspicious and ran, and then he yeah. just he just well didn't yeah. work. My trap didn't work. Yep. Okay, so then that answers you know that answers what you know some some people do. Not everybody yeah. is gonna wise up or catch the red flags, and some of them some people got away. Yeah, 
So I'm assuming that means he casted a wide net. You know, he for if he if he raped fifty girls, he might have took a hundred girls into yeah. those woods. You mm-hmm. know, so, that's, yeah. so yeah, Daniel raped his victims before strangling them. Sometimes stabbing them when oh, they uh, resisted. After his victims were dead, he left their bodies in the forest to be picked up to be picked clean by scavengers. Oh, so Daniel was arrested by two policemen in Quito. In Quito on February 26, 1986, only a few minutes after he had murdered a nine-year-old girl named Elizabeth. Wow. The policemen were on patrol and approached him at the height of the avenue in Los Granados, uh, thinking that he was, acting, he was acting suspiciously. They found out, they found that he was carrying with him a bag containing the bloody clothes. This is, this is pretty gross. Um, he was containing, the bag containing the, the bloody clothes and clitoris of his last, his oh, latest victim. God. Yep. And on, um, and a copy of Crime and Punishment. That's, uh, I guess it was a book by some, some guy. The title's familiar. I don't know. Crime the and book. Punishment. This, Dostoevsky. Sound like a, Dost- a Russian name. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. I know. I know the book. I know the. I know the book. I know the author. Okay. I don't, I don't. I haven't read the book. Okay. So he was taken in custody and later, later um, moved to Yaquil for identification. I'm surprised he wasn't like murdered in the streets. Like a, a mob of people didn't. You know what I mean? Once you see the police coming around and they look through his bag. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. I, you know that's that's crazy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. So when he was arrested, he gave a false name, Man- Manuel Solis. <laughs> that's the name he gave. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was later identified by one of his rape victims who escaped. So Daniel calmly confessed to killing 72 girls in Ecuador wow. since escaping from the Colombian prison. He led authorities to the dumping grounds of those victims whose bodies had not who bodies had not yet been recovered. Mm. The bodies had been dismembered. While he told the Ecuadorian authorities of the locations of the bodies and how the sad- sadistic crimes were committed. He showed no feelings of remorse. He showed no feelings of remorse. After raping his victims, he had hacked, slashed, and crushed the girls with a machete. Mm. He gave a fucking graveyard. Yep. He gave a cynical explanation of choosing children. He wanted virgins um, because he said, quote, because they cried. Oh, God. Yep. This apparently gave him greater satisfaction. According to Daniel, he killed because he wanted revenge on women's unfaithfulness. He hated them for not being what he believed women were supposed to be. See, stories like this where I'm like, just a firing squad, man. I mean, there's yeah. nothing really that that person doesn't need to be alive anymore. Yeah. It, he clearly has an insatiable urge. He's incredibly dangerous. He's crafty, escaped from prison. Mm-hmm. He's killing at a, a disturbing rate and doing some horrific things. There's nothing really to to redeem in that person. They just, just put a, a bullet in the back of their brain and you know bury them. Yeah, you know that is that is gross and terrible. Jeez. So in um, June 1986, Francisco <clears throat> Cordero, a journalist of the newspaper, um, a newspaper in in Colombia, I believe, believe. Managed to arrange an interview with Daniel. It was difficult to get the interview due to the police blocking all access to Daniel. And the fact that Daniel himself demanded a large fee 
Oh. What you gonna do? The fucking money? Yeah, what are you gonna spend? Um, commissary? <laughs> a large fee before he would let himself um, be interviewed. The journalist pretended to be part of a group of psychologists that were allowed access to prisoner, allowing him to ask Daniel questions without arousing his suspicion. So Daniel was convicted in 1989 and sentenced to 16 years in prison. The max- 16? Yeah, the maximum sentence wow. available in Ecuador. For 52 or whatever murders? It was the max. 16 years. <laughs> that's, that's, cra- yeah. that's crazy. That was the max. So while serving his sentence in... um. In uh, Garcia Moreno de Cueto jail, he claimed to have converted to Christianity. Right. In this penitentiary, he was in prison with Pedro Alonso Lopez. You know what that is? Sounds familiar. Pedro Lopez. You know who Pedro Alonso Lopez is? We've been doing this podcast for how long? I said the name. And you don't know. I said the name. Pedro Alonzo Lopez. I said Lopez. the name sounds familiar. Who is it? You know who Pedro Alonzo Lopez is? Man, I don't... Am I speaking English? I don't... The name sounds familiar. I would assume... Disappointed. some kind of killer. Pedro... Hey, man. This is Pedro Alonzo Lopez. Yeah, I heard you say that the last four times. Who? Who is it? It's the monster of the Andes, man. Okay, I... Oh, all right. Pedro Alonzo Lopez. Yeah, I, I know who that is. He killed over 300 people. Yeah, I know who that is. Girls. Now. I know who that is now, and it, now I know. Say it. Pedro Alonzo Lopez. I'm not saying anything, man. I heard you. Continue with your story. The, the monster of the Andes. Yeah. I know. I know that story. Yeah. Uh, so he's believed to have raped yeah, and killed yeah. more than 300 girls in Colombia, uh-huh. Ecuador, and Peru. Yeah. That's Pedro Alonso Lopez. Yeah, yeah. So on uh, November 13th, 1994... Daniel was stabbed to death in prison by Giovanni Neguera. Okay. Who turned out to be the nephew of one of his victims. Ooh. Justice. Yep. Yep. He was 64 years old at the time of his death. Mm. That's my story of Daniel Camargo, Camargo Bar- uh, Barbosa. Mm. Yep. Prison. For anybody that don't know who Pedro Alonso Lopez is. Look him up. For anybody who, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I got you. I know who he is. Name sounded Pedro Alonso Lopez. <laughs> yeah, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some more fucked up shit on my end. And uh, so stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, please prepare yourself. Okay. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Michael Madison. He's better say Michael Jordan. I say what? Yeah, that would have been a hell of a yeah. uh, story about how he murdered the Utah Jazz and you know his last series. Yeah, you know, well, that was a hell of a murder. Um, no, this story of uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Michael Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. Uh, so Michael Madison was born in Pennsylvania on October fifteenth, nineteen seventy-seven, to Diane Madison and John Baldwin. The result of an accidental pregnancy. Mm. So Baldwin denied that he was Madison's father and was n- not a part of his life. You know, mm. so you know everybody. You know, you know, mine wasn't that extreme, but you know, yeah. you know, something absentee father club. You know, is alive and well. You know, it puts a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you never really. Sometimes you fight through the. You know, uh, I, I imagine like um, for those of you who know sports, I imagine Sean Marion didn't have a dad. You know, just because of his his shot form, yeah. you know, that's self taught. You mm-hmm. know, he didn't have somebody around to guide him, but the chip on your shoulder makes you persevere. Yeah, and that motherfucker went in. 
Yeah. You know, you practice it enough, that motherfucker went in. It's ugly as shit, his shot. But it? It, it but it, it went in when it needed to. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to Sean Marion. Uh when Michael was two years old, uh child and family service agents reported that Madison's mother, who herself was a victim of child rape and abuse, mm. had stuffed food in his throat, causing him to vomit. Wow. Soaked in vomit, Diane put baby Michael in a bathtub that and filled it with scalding hot water. She tried to stifle his screams by beating him with an extension cord. So you can already that? see you're laying the foundation for, like, not the best human being. Yeah. You know? uh, a year later, social services went back to the Madison household, and according to attorney David Grant, this time, three-year-old Michael was beaten so severely that he vomited and was hospitalized. Why, why wasn't he taken the first time? I don't know, man. I, I guess they couldn't prove that it was severe enough to warrant taking how, a child. He was a, he was, he's a baby, right? There. Yeah, he was no, three. He wow. was, this was, he was, this was, he was three after they come back the second time after she put him in the hot tub and beat him and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, maybe the, you know, not having a dad on top of this stuff, you know, this might've led to what I'm about to tell you about this yeah. guy, you know, so maybe, you know, but, you know, who, who are we to say, but maybe, consider those being some possible factors yeah so michael madison struggled to support himself for much of his adult life he lived as a nomad in his late year in his late teens after he left his abusive mother and moved back to his birthplace of pennsylvania to live with an uncle who joined the teenage madison in sexual conquests according to a psychologist who interviewed madison he would have sex with the same women as his uncle it's gross. so i but you know my uncle my uncle's 29 Okay. Now I'm there, that maybe that's a you know it's a different scenario. He probably had more of like an Uncle James, where it's like young blood, young blood, young blood. Hey, uh, uh, you know I, I got I got Ethel in there, and uh, you know she said we both could uh, you know we could take turns, we can get up in there. And he's eighteen and he's fifty six. It's gross. I'm assuming he might have had more of an uncle like that, but my uncle was only two years older than me, so, so it could have been like that. So what is I don't understand. When you hear the word uncle, you you it it brings up a you know a. Uh, uh, a hierarchy of age, like a paternal, a paternal type of situation where he's forty and he's fifteen, is what I thought you were gro- scrounging your face up. To. No, I'm grossly sharing women. That's what I was. I mean, everybody's sharing women, man. But your the uncle, M- NBA players sp- splitting the same six girls all around. They all dating the same six girls, but they're not related. <laughs> well, I guess you know. It's, it's, it's not my uncle. Hey, man, you know family ties. You know. I guess. Uh, in 2002, Michael Madison was registered as a sex offender uh, after serving a four-year sentence for an attempted rape conviction on top of other drug charges during that same time. Madison later found a reliable source of income well into his 30s in addition to several girlfriends. M- Madison also entertained a steady um, clientele of marijuana buyers at his corner apartment. So business is booming right now. Pretty much. I mean, he's got a, you know, he's got a bunch of girlfriends a bunch of selling chicks, weed out the back money. of his apartment complex. Yeah. You know, he's getting it done. Well, you probably has an Impala. This is like, you know, the the mid 2000s. So it's like oh. 2000, 2003 to like 2013. So, you know, life's good. He's selling, slinging okay. a little bit of weed, you know, hooking up with some chicks. He's born in 70. He's born in 77. 70. Okay. He's born in 70. Right. So he's about, he's, you know, late, yeah. late 20s, early yeah. 30s. Um, also, quick PSA before I continue my story. 
um, to anybody who uh, has a it lives in a state where they have a marijuana card and you know or, or you know weed is just legalized and you're enjoying the free weed and maybe you're thinking about starting a weed business I just want to let people know that there are still people serving football numbers for weed charges in this country I think that what this country did in demonizing weed it's an incredible plant it has many properties other than just smoking it and feeling great and this country is demonized and made it out to be like it's crack cocaine and the gateway drug and all these types of things um i want i think that it is disgusting and as much as i as much as i appreciate you know business acumen and business savvy and people opening up businesses and bakeries that have weed in them there are people literally still in jail on weed charges so this country needs to figure that out immediately you know, federally legalized marijuana and let those people up out of jail, man. You got people serving 10, 15 years for selling a plant, man. Shit is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, back to my story. Uh, yeah, so several of Madison's girlfriends, I mean, several of Madison's neighbors testified about him, uh, about how he schmoozed and boozed with them in his apartment. And then theirs also, all while dead bodies rotted out back. On July 19, 2013, on a hot Cleveland summer day, police responded to reports of a foul odor and investigated a garage leased to the now 36-year-old Madison and discovered a decomposing body laying inside. Mm. Two more bodies were found the following day, one in a backyard and the other in the basement of a vacant house. The bodies of the three women were found 100 to 200 yards apart and were each wrapped in plastic bags. After obtaining a search warrant, police entered Madison's apartment and found further evidence of decomposition. Mm. After a brief standoff with police at his mother, Diane Madison's house, Michael was taken into custody without incident. They just hanging in there? Who? With the, the bodies? No, the bodies oh. were the bodies were I'll get to that, but there was evidence that they were there were decomposed bodies in his house at a point. Oh, the at, bodies okay, weren't okay. in there. But I there was about to say. Yeah. Gross. Uh, yeah. So police interrogated the killer for over 12 hours in a steamy room inside East Cleveland Police Headquarters, slowly extracting information from Madison in hope that the killer might not only admit to the killings, but could reveal the locations of other bodies. Still rattled by the rampant killings uh, at the hands of Anthony Sowell, the mm, Cleveland Strangler. That's what I thought about when you uh, started getting into that, yep. Yeah. So he was he was convicted just a year prior to Michael being arrested. Mm. East Cleveland Mayor Gary Norton warned reporters that there could be more bodies. Madison engaged in a give and take with the detectives, giving giving uh, sucking down cigarettes while weaving in, in and weaving in and out of stories about his mother, his childhood, and his troubled relationship with other adults. Let me ask you a question. Uh huh. Now, when you like just just how my story was when it goes, a guy commits all these murders, mm-hmm. and it was a guy that was just prolific as him committed a whole bunch of murders. Yeah, right around the corner, right around the time. Uh-huh. And then when the guy that was did it first is in jail, uh-huh. and hears about this other guy that came up after him, how do you think? What do you? How do you think they react to that? Like, what do you think they do? Probably like man, jocking my stage. You know, he he wants to be me. You know, swagger jacking. You know. So as like they, you think they see it as like it was like a competition or. I think or if you did go, it first, you see it. You're a copycat. You know, they would probably first of all, the country would probably label you as a copycat. But the person themselves would definitely label you as a copycat because they're probably have delusions of grandeur and very arrogant. So they're saying you obviously idolize me and want to be me. So you did what I'm what I did a year ago, what I did 10 years ago. You copying my old flow. I'm Michael. You're Kobe. 
I was I was looking at it as them going, them looking at it as, as like a sign of respect. Like that's also possible as well. I'm sure yeah. you know, like a a nod. Like yeah, man, I I respect what you did. There's an argument to be made that that's what's happening with a lot of these school shootings. Yeah. You know, they all stem from well, most of them die. Top the next most person kill themselves. So it's like, but that's but I get it. Yeah, I do. I but I'm saying it. like yeah. them. Yeah, they might yeah. be following in the footprints of the yeah. last person that mm-hmm. did it and got national attention and all this kind of yeah. stuff. You know, yeah, I, it could it could go both ways. I'm sure. You know, you could see it as a sign of respect, or you could see it as you're you're biting my style. Yeah. Um, Find another way to get national attention. Yeah, like you know, cure cancer or like you know, help people or something. Like you don't have to be infamous. You doing that and trying to get national attention, and then if that's what you're aiming for, then you kill yourself. Like I don't want, I don't, I don't understand how that. Get what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have. I don't understand how that works. My mind doesn't work and op- operate in that way for me to even be able to. You but know. you get what I'm saying, though. No, for sure. But you, you something. Well, but you can't. well, well. What I would, my argument to that would be. If you get to the point where you're capable of walking into a school and killing a bunch of people, as much as you might, there might be a factor of they're all going to see me now yeah, or uh-huh. they're all going to respect me now. There's still a lot of darkness there. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, it it it, it isn't uh, you, you still haven't seen the Joker, right? No. Well, it, this isn't a spoiler, but it isn't just like I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a famous person. Yeah. You know, it is about. Not the media per se seeing me, but like I want the people at my job who disrespect me. Now I'm going to go in there. They're going to see me today. They're going to respect me today. Mm. There's still an element of, you know, dark, suicidal, you know, feelings in there. It's not just like I want to do a stunt and like a jackass, like the movie. That's how I look at it. That's why I think. Yeah. I feel like there might be some people who are like that, but those people are it's less of those and more of I've had enough. I yeah. want people to respect me. Yeah. I haven't been treated right, and I'm, they're all going to treat me right today. And then you know, they it ends how however it ends. Yeah. You know, um, so uh, Madison Madison eventually admitted to killing uh, Sherelda Terry, then later Shatisha Shealy. At one point, he claimed he forgot where he where he stored the bodies, telling detectives that he moved Terry's body from the hall closet in his apartment to the garage after the smell overpowered him. Describing the boom, boom, boom sound the garage made as he dragged her body down the stairs. Mm. Which is very... I thought he was like very describing the smell. I was like, what? It smelled like boom, boom, boom? Yeah. Nah, that, if you're... If, you're uh, if a smell has onomatopoeia where you can hear the yeah. smell, that's I don't even want to yeah, know what that yeah. smells like. You that's can, why I was you like, can what hear the, f- the smell... That hits you different. Yeah. Uh, two of the fitney wi- two of the well, two of the fifty witnesses <laughs> two of the fitney witnesses two of the fifty witnesses called by prosecutors were Madison's girlfriends, whom he dated during his series of killings. Madison coaxed one lover named Brittany Darby to move into his apartment in October 2012, during the time when Madison strangled Shatisha Shealy. So she was in the apartment. She yeah. was in the closet. While he had Brittany Darby living there. Mm. Darby said she de- developed a loving relationship with Madison, who told her about troubles with his ex-wife, and at one point confided that he hates the female species. And she just... She was like, but you love me, though. You know, man. So, look. Yeah, but... She women, also, men, the same thing. When you're in a relationship, sometimes you're like, 
I can fix them. They mm-hmm. love me, mm-hmm. though. And it stinks so bad in here, but you know, I yeah, love but you. He, you know, he's such a. I, nobody understands him like I understand him. Yeah. You know, you can you can you can convince yourself of a lot when yeah. you're in love. You know, yeah. it's it's pretty nuts. But it still smells really bad in here. Oh yeah, it smells like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, but I I gotta stay. Yeah, I, yeah. Hey, wait till you hear his. I'm gonna get to it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but right as Darby prepared to move in. Madison devastated her by saying he wanted an open relationship. Around that time, another girlfriend named Shantae Mahone started showing up at the apartment. Damn. At least, uh, only one of them should know where you live. Maybe yeah, two. Yeah, that's wild. But it's wild because Darby, she moved in. Yeah. And then Shantae Mahone would just pop up some, you know, come over on the weekends, yeah. come over in the middle of the night. And, you know, I'll get to that. What if he just give out masks when they come in? Hey, you got to wear this. Blindfold them? Like oh, over their nose because it's oh because so it smells so bad oh <laughs> he's got him on deck yeah the little little surgical mask yeah 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 <laughs> uh, with Darby living in the guest room and Mahone regularly stopping in twenty eight year old Sheely's rotting corpse was sitting outside behind the garage hmm. during her testimony Darby recounted an eerie confrontation with Madison about two weeks before his arrest Darby asked Madison about the rotting smell that developed in his apartment. <laughs> He told her two raccoons had died in the closet. When she reached to open the door, and this is like wild. When he when she reached to open the door to the closet that contained Terry's corpse, Madison softly grabbed her shoulder and said, "You don't want to see that. Uh, it's gruesome in there." This is before she opened the door. Yeah, that is the most movie. Because yeah. in that moment, it's it's real scary. Because in that moment, he might have been being honest, like he. Even though he told her it was raccoons, the way he stopped her was like, it's fuck, it's a fucking yeah. horror scene. Why do you have raccoons in you? Yeah, why is that? Why did she accept that? Yeah. Even if it's not... It's, yeah, that's my Bluetooth oh, speaker. All right. Even if it's not, you don't think it's a body, you accept that this man just has two raccoons. Why didn't he call a pest control or something? <laughs> you just accept that? Like, yeah, it's gross in there. Don't worry about it. Look, baby, let's go back to bed. It's disgusting in yeah. there. <laughs> and you just took that? I'm like, why are you? Why do you have raccoon? Let's call animal control or something. Why? Yeah. Why are they just in there? Why have yeah. they been in there so long that they rotted? Yeah. No, you didn't have any questions. I'm low he must key. Have been. I'm low key. Uh, uh, what they call them? I'm a taxidermist. Yeah. Yeah. I keep them in there till I, you know, I prepare, till I prepare to make them into yeah. like a rat. You know, I let dancing, them drain out dancing raccoons. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. He must have been putting it down, man. That's the only thing I can. Where you just go, okay. Yeah, whatever. That's your business. You like have rat- rotting raccoons in your closet. He, what if he just got like a gang? What if he just got like a whole belt thing of Febreze's? I'm not Febreze's wasn't around then, but whole thing of Febreze. I mean, this is, this is the 2000s. Oh, this, okay, Febreze's Febreze spray just on him. He just be constantly, constantly. That's wild. Because <laughs> if you spray enough Febreze, that's disgusting too. Yeah. Like you know, the air's all dewy. Yeah. Because the mist of the Febreze. Yeah, you know how the commercial got like a bubble of the clean air wrapped around the ga- the, the nasty air? Yeah. It's like that. All those commercials are bullshit where they used to... <laughs> remember when they used to like put people blindfolded in a, in a, a room full of dirty laundry? Yeah, it'd be like a, they, had, they put them like a uh, a, dunst, a dumpster or something. Yeah, but trash. they spray, spray Febreze and they're like, it smells great in here. What are yeah. we, like in a meadow? And they open the pull up the blindfolds like, we're in a dumpster? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> those same marketing people had me believing that if I spray Axe effects on myself... And an X, yeah. then the girls would like the pheromones. That would, was idiotic. I don't. I didn't believe. That I was also eleven. So I, <laughs> I, I was gonna fall for anything. I you was their the, target demographic for the sure. The funny part is that you actually did the X. 
that yeah, shit is hilarious. On the directions, man. it says to do it. It says on the directions to spray it on yourself that way. I'm following the directions because oh, the God, pheromones. Man. I want the pheromones to work. That's hilarious, man. Don't blame me. I was 11. They, you blame them. They targeted my gullible ass. That's not my fault. Um, so, uh, Cuyahoga County Prosecutor Timothy J. McNinty, McNinty, I'm sorry, McGinty, described Michael Madison as a trophy-keeping serial killer mm -hmm. during the court proceedings. From his second-floor balcony at the corner of Hayden and Shaw, Madison could see the black plastic garbage bags containing 18-year-old mm. Sherelda Terry, who 28-year-old uh, Shatisha Shealy, and 34-year-old Angela Deskins. Mm. So she never opened the door. I'm guessing. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. Um, she didn't find out he was a killer until he got arrested. Mm. Damn. Uh, yeah. I want to see how that went. When she saw, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he probably would have killed her by then. He definitely would have killed yeah. her. Uh, as part of their final plea to the jury. Prosecutors emphasized the methodical way in which he bound and disposed of the, his victims' bodies. After strangling the women, Madison folded them in half at their waist, the only position in which they could fit into the standard-sized garbage bag. He wrapped the girls in duct tape and, in one case, an electrical cord. He layered the bags up to six per body mm. and even visited a nearby hardware store to buy more bags. But he was just leaving him outside his, his house. Yes. Once he figured out that they were stinking up his apartment, he put one in his garage that he had. He put another one in an abandoned building. And then he had another one like uh, uh, somewhere else. I can't remember where the other where the other woman was found. Oh, but it was like they were all within 100 to 200 yards of each other. So it was just a little scattered around his apartment. It's complex. like when we, we've been doing this for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't like killers mm -hmm. but i really don't like lazy killers as well. yeah i really yeah that's like. wild to keep a dead body in your apartment first and then to go from there to your garage yeah it's you do all that work to kill somebody mm -hmm. and then just put them in six trash bags and throw them outside behind your garage yeah like like around your air like <laughs> in the vicinity of where yeah. you live it's incredibly stupid yeah um early in the trial a grandmother of one of the victims was banished from attending the proceedings after an emotional outburst interrupted the testimony. I hope you rot in hell, the woman said as she stormed out of the, co out of the courtroom. Madison's attorney appealed to uh, McDonald at the end of the day, claiming the outburst inflamed the jury and compromised the trial. Mm. McDonald declined, who was the judge, McDonald declined to provide a new trial, but Grant said the outburst could provide an avenue for an appeal after Madison is sentenced. Basically saying the grandmother tainted the jury's view of M Madison because she... She had an outburst? She had an outburst. So they might go, oh, yeah, that, fuck him. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you. Got yeah. you. Um, That's just like the, the... We just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, that, that uh... With the jury and the, the racial uh, thing. Yeah, the, the rate where they... Uh, the jury was racist. Yeah. You yeah. know, but he still killed the people. Yeah. That was from the high five murder mm -hmm. Um It appeared that Madison disliked being photographed during the proceedings, sometimes slumping behind his attorney to avoid the cameras. Oh, I thought you meant like he was like smiling at the. No, but I'm about to get to oh, something okay. else. Uh, there were some moments when Madison appeared remorseful about the three women's death, but, uh, but 10 hours of interrogation video left the jury unconvinced. At one point, he told detectives that he hopes something came from his story. That other troubled men like him would get the help they need before winding up in jail. Yeah. 
Late in the interrogation, Madison told police detectives that society wasn't going to view him differently if he had killed more people. Check out this math. This is a direct quote from him. Uh, in math, like two bodies, one body, it's not great, greater or equal, Madison said to the um, detectives. I mean, it's pretty much equal. One body is enough. One body is enough to, you know, pretty much do away with you as far as society. One is pretty much equal to two, three, four, five, or five. Uh, if there's three, I'm pretty sure there's more. And yes, he said five twice. Yeah. Um, I thought you were just re uh, No. Re so basically, he was saying, if you kill one person, you're still a killer to everybody, even if you kill one person or five. Yeah, I get it. I get what he's saying, but yeah. like that's a weird way to justify what you're doing. Like, no, nah, man, it's still not cool to kill five people. It's all fucked up, but it's more fucked up to kill five people. Yeah, but I got what he. I get what he. I saying. get what he's yeah. saying, but mm -hmm. it's a weird thing to say when you're in a, you know, in a um interrogation room smoking cigarettes and describing to the detectives how you killed people. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, one person, five people. What's the difference? It's all the same, right? It's like, no. I mean, if you killed five people, we want to know. Yeah. Who they are. But the funny thing was, so when he when he said that. <laughs> That comment prompted East Cleveland police to send investigators back to the scene of Madison's apartment to search for more bodies. Yeah, of course. It's like, what? Yeah. You know, one, five, who knows? You lose track after three. Yeah. So, you know, and you know, if you kill one, you can kill as many as yeah. you want. If you're able to kill one person, you kill, I don't know, 15. Yeah. Fuck you, Beetlejuice. It's just terrible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they didn't find any more bodies, but they immediately were like, um, go back out there and look. Yeah. Dig up the ground. Five, yeah. Ten, one, same yeah. thing. Yeah, that's nuts. No, it's not. Uh, Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Judge Nancy R. McDonald sentenced Michael Madison to die by lethal injection for the aggravated murders of 38-year-old Angela Deskins, 28-year-old Shatisha Shealy, and 18-year-old Sherelda Terry. Mm -hmm. Halfway through Sherelda Terry's... Halfway through the, um, through the sentencing, Sherelda Terry's father... Uh, turned to Madison to face him and then lunged at him, throwing himself on top of Madison. And this is actually one of the more famous of these videos in that category mm -hmm. of um, people attacking killers in court. Uh, I mean, he jumped the line like Troy Palomalu. Oh, I, mean, I thought you was about to say... Um... He said, like, he forgave him or something. I was, I was, no, no, I no. Was no. He turned, he, the video, he out of his room. the video is, you know, the father is coming to give his closing remarks yeah. before he's sentenced, and he, he's talking to the judge, and he says to the, something to the effect of, I guess this is the part where we're supposed to forgive this clown for killing my daughter. Yeah. And then he turned and looked at him, and it's not on camera from what I could see, but the word in the courtroom was that when he looked at him, he was grinning. Mm, so yeah. he sat there and he put yeah. his elbow on the podium. And was yeah. like, you know, we're supposed to forgive this clown. And then he looked at him for like a, you know, a good, like two seconds. Yeah. And that's why, that's where I, when I heard that he was grinning, I believed it. Because it was one of those things where the way the dad stopped was like, oh, you motherfucker, you're smiling at me? Yeah. Yeah, he just, he stopped talking mid-sentence and just looked at him and then took off. Now, as a, jumped, as a, the jumped the table. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, as a father... In that situation, uh, yeah. that was probably the most that was probably the most toughest thing he would have to deal with, ever. And it's like, because it's like yeah. you can't even. That was your child that you essentially couldn't protect. Yes, and this dude is in there smiling in your face. And this is Sherelda Terry's father. She was the youngest one. She was eighteen. Yeah, Not man. that that yeah, man. they're all they like, all Y'all should, should judge. Y'all should let me give me ten minutes, yeah. man. Just turn around, 
take the cuffs off of them. I'll make it can be fair. I I'll even give you that justice. Just let me get ten minutes. Yeah, you know. But you know, so he leapt over the table, and um, the you he get any hits on him? Did you can nah, see? He Damn, he didn't get any hits. On him. Unfortunately, oh, he didn't dude. get any hits on him. Oh, but man. um, I I understood. You know, I I understood where he was coming from. Yeah, you couldn't. You, you I would, felt it. I felt it watching it. It yeah. was. It's couldn't, very you could nobody can get me off of that person. No. Ain't no way. If you get your hand, if I got, if you, you're gonna have to tase me. Cause if I jump yeah. the table and I make, I get my hand on his shirt or anything, I'm pulling myself yeah. to him. I'm gonna scratch his eye off. Or, I'm getting, <laughs> yeah. if I get, don't let me get contact <laughs> on him. If he has hair, if I get a hand on his hair, that's not getting let go. Yeah. Until it comes out of his scalp. He didn't get any, he mm-hmm. jumped, but they had already like pushed him. You yeah. know, he, he was in a, Michael Madison was in a wheelie chair, so they just kind of like kicked him. And he wheeled him. He wheeled oh, out of the man. way, yeah. and then all the security jumped on him. One thing I say is, I understand you got to be professional in those situations, but I, I always want to see like the the police being like, "It's okay, look, man, you can't do this here, man." Like, yeah. be understand. Mm-hmm. They didn't rough him up or anything, but it was very, um, it was very like medicinal. They were very surgical about it. There was no understand. They weren't like, "Oh, come on, brother, come on, brother, don't do this, man. Yeah. Don't let him do this to you." Yeah. It was very like they were like. Nah, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna delay a couple seconds. What do you mean? If I was a security, yeah, uh, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, let him get a lick in. Yeah, but you know, I guess you gotta be professional or whatever. Fuck that. Um, so there was there was and may currently still be a hold on executions in Cleveland after a convicted killer named Dennis McGuire sat gasping and choking on on a gurney for 15 minutes under a modified cocktail of two drugs. So um, I guess whoever was doing the execution in that day used the wrong combination or not enough. So the guy died slowly, mm. which is What's wrong with that. I guess it's inhumane. The the purpose of lethal injection is one is supposed to put you to sleep, and then the second one is supposed to start stop your heart. Fuck You're that. not supposed to slowly die awake. Well, why not? Because it's inhumane. Sure. I'm just hey man. I'm just that's that's why it is that way. That's why they stopped electrocuting people. Electrocuting people is pretty harsh too. Yeah, if and not they, they changed it. I understand what you're saying, but my point is, if they didn't want it to be more professional and mm-hmm. just like a, putting a dog down, they wouldn't have switched from electrocution. So oh. that's the reason so they started doing lethal injections. Oh, that's what they do. It's more, it's less. Uh, barbaric. So it puts you to it puts you to sleep. First one puts you to and sleep. And then it stops your heart. Second one stops your heart. Okay, didn't know that. Yeah, I just thought. So that's how it works. I just thought. No, it's not supposed to be. Like, it's not like poison. Then you're like, foaming at the mouth. No, it's supposed to be very humane. But this didn't go that way. The guy took 15 minutes to die, and he was awake. Like that scene. Remember that movie, Law Abiding Citizen? Yeah. With Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. He killed. One of the people that was involved in killing his family, mm. he did that. He switched the vials of the uh, the lethal injection medicine and it put some shit that fucks you up in there, mm. like burns you. Mm. And everybody, so everybody was there to watch because they usually was like a you know the the the, the lawyers yeah. and all that. Sometimes they watch. Whoa, they see that lawyers? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's an audience. You can go. It's optional. Oh, but there's an audience there because sometimes they give their last you know they give their last testimony or whatever. Shit. And this dude just, it didn't go how it was supposed to go. It usually is like they go to sleep, boom, they die. This was like, ah! He did, he, Gerard Butler put some fucked up shit in him. Mm-hmm. Law Abiding Citizen is a very underrated movie. Anyway, I'll continue. 
Um, so yeah, Cleveland was basically they were cut off from the drugs yeah. because of this incident. The the whoever gives the the lethal injection drugs were like, y'all are cut off, man. Y'all aren't doing it right. Y'all so, fucking up. Yeah. So y'all mm-hmm. can't do this for a while. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So drug suppliers had cu- had and may still have cut off the state corrections department from the execution drug, requiring straw buyers like you know just secondhand, uh, you know generic. Mm. types of the drug they had to go to the generic people mm. and the use of experimental drugs in execution so um they tried to still do it with other types of drugs and that might have con- caused some controversy as well because yeah. they were going like second martin aftermarket killing drugs um that doesn't even sound legal right uh <laughs> so just a little statistic it takes an average of 16 years to execute someone in ohio according to the columbus dispatch and Madison has already indicated he may appeal a death sentence to the Ohio Supreme Court, which I'm sure he'll fail. Now? Right now? Um, as of 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is um, he alive now? Yes. Okay. Um, so here's a here's a quick um little small world slash Cleveland is wild. Uh in June of this year, eighteen year old Jalen Plummer was charged with the aggravated murder after stabbing between 67 and 62 times of his 62-year-old grandmother, Diane Madison. He is her grandson. Mm. Diane Madison is Michael Madison's mother. mother. Right. He is also charged with the felonious assault for stabbing his 10-year-old sister, 12-year-old brother, and 10-year-old cousin as they slept. They all fucked up According over there. To, yeah, it's a crazy family. He is not Michael Madison's son, but he is his nephew for sure. He's in the relation somehow. So uh, Diane Madison has a crazy gene yeah. pool. Didn't you do a story or something like that? Where it was like some guy was convicted of something. Yeah, a guy then... cut off his mother's head and then like the, his, his son, son was son, killed. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I can't remember that guy's name right now, but he was from the Bronx. Uh, Diane Madison was found dead inside her home on Chickasaw Avenue near East 200th Street in the city of North Shore, uh, Collinwood, neighbor, Collinwood neighborhood. The stabbings happened at about 12.15 a.m. On a, sun, on a Saturday night. Uh, two of the children ran from the home to the neighbor's house and were able to call the police. Good. Jalen Plummer was arrested after being found in a shower in the home, the same home where Michael Madison held up and had a standoff briefly with the police. So, you know, I'm not trying to go into a weird lane but there might be some you know some evil vibes in that house is that house still up should be i would imagine i would not want to live in it but two crazy two very insane things happen here yeah i won't be a lot of negative vibes in that house uh local news reported that michael madison had barricaded himself in the uh same home the house where the stabbings took place before his arrest in july 2013 the house is on the northeast edge of cleveland on one block from the suburb of euclid you know when you uh I think I heard when you buy a house uh-huh. like the the realtors they doesn't they don't tell you that information that somebody got killed or something like that now unless you ask. I would imagine yeah, I would imagine that that's why crazy. would you? If I'm a realtor. Now if I uh, I'm buying the house, no, I don't want to know actually. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I there are some people who are into that kind of stuff. Some people, you know, goth type of people and people with morbid sensibilities, they might be into that. I don't want to know. Get a, uh, a Luigi board and shit? No, a Luigi board? What is it called? <laughs> Ouija board? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's Luigi a me. Boy got a it's Mario. A me. Got a little mustache on it. The Ouija, the little thing that you move around is a mustache with a magnifying it's glass. The, it's on a it. turtle that that's the, my, the magnifying glass. <laughs> it's a me, a ghost. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that was my affirmative murder. The story of Michael Madison. That was crazy, man. Yeah, that was pretty. That's nice. a wild, I thought it was wild when, family. Yeah, when I found out that his mom had been his mom who b- abused him as a child. Yeah. I'm not saying this kid Jalen is innocent in any kind of way, but he might have been uh, subject to that, those same kind of abuses that might have broken his spirit, ruined his psyche. Mm. I don't know. I'm not making any excuses for him, but he was raised in the same house as a woman who, you know, put a kid in a hot hot bath, scalding yeah. hot bath, beat him with ta- uh, electrical wiring, force fed him until he vomited, you know. So her parenting techniques may not have changed as she got older and had more kids, so... I'm not saying this kid Jalen is innocent, but um, I wonder what happened to his son. If I'm gonna get that way, whose son? What's the son? Um, um, Matt, uh, Michael Madison. Yeah, did wasn't I say that, he had a kid? Wasn't that, what, what was that? His his brother, his son. Jalen Jalen is the the grandson of 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 uh, Diane, but he is not Michael's kid. Well, I wonder what happened to him. I wonder what his backstory is. Oh, I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it was similar to Michael's. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was my affirmative murder. List. So that was like his nephew or something. Yes. Okay. But I don't. I think they're estranged. Like he didn't. Oh. He wasn't cool with his mom. Okay. So except for the fact that he went to her house. So I guess he might have forgave her. But again, it wasn't his kid, and uh, so it was his nephew, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, same bloodline, same gene pool. Something's off. Something's off with that family, yeah. you know. And then the, now the trauma's been passed on because. The brothers and the cousin was stabbed by their brother. Yeah. You know? So, you know, watch out for that. Yeah. Uh let's go ahead and jump into these good vibes. Let's let's turn things around a little bit. That's right, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. We're here to put those positive vibrations deep within your soul so you can go back out and pay it forward to the world because you have a smile on your face because you've been given those good vibes. Fran, would you like me to tell my good vibes first or you have yours ready? I'll go, go first because my phone is about to die. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for 42 Christmas seasons, a man named Mike Howard would dress up as Santa Claus okay. and spend the holiday delivering thousands of gifts to, to some of the poorest families in Kentucky. Love it. After Howard lost his battle against cancer and oh. passed away last year, oh, wow. okay. his son decided to honor his father's legacy oh. by taking over the persona of Mountain, si- Mountain Santa and oh, continuing okay. the holiday tradition of their beloved Harlan County. Okay, tear. That's a tear. Yeah. That's a tear. So Jordan has been wrapping and decorating Christmas gifts in his uh, workshop um, near Santa Lane since October. With his ongoing fundraising... <laughs> efforts he believes he will have about four thousand presents mm. to doll to um to give out over the holidays. Mm. He said I'd say over I'd say we get over a thousand right now and it's just midway through. Mm. Um it's a feeling it's a feeling that you can't describe. Mm. You don't think that a community would come together like they have to keep doing this. But it's just awesome. It's just amazing. So Jordan and his crew of community elves are aiming to embark on their first gift delivery run on Dece- December fourteenth. That's that beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yep. That could be a Hallmark movie, a Netflix original movie, yeah. Christmas movie. That is, um, 
Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. Dad passed away. Dad started this tradition. Son mm-hmm. comes through, keeps it alive in honor of his dad. Yeah. And it's a great noble cause. That is a lot different than the good vibes you did last week. Um, what was it last week? Something about a rock and disappeared and. Oh, yeah. Nonsense. That shit was wild. Tom that it disappeared and came back? Nuts. Anyway, my good vibes story is a story that. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Andrea Simpson for posting it on the, on the Facebook page. Um, to anybody who's not, listen, um, I like the Facebook group, so I don't want to delete my Facebook, but if you don't own Facebook for obvious reasons, because Facebook is a corrupt or, you know, and disgusting and they have no morals of, you know, as a company, I understand that. But I'm just saying, if you don't, if you do have a Facebook and you're not a part of the Facebook group, then what are you doing? Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, so my story takes place in Rochester, New York, where an 82-year-old woman found herself in danger after she says a man broke into her home until she turned the tables on the intruder because he picked the wrong house, mm. okay? 82-year-old Willie Murphy says she was getting ready for bed Thursday night. Her, na- her name is what? Willie with an I-E. Okay. Willie Murphy says she was getting ready for bed Thursday night just after 11 p.m. when a man began... Began pounding on her door. And he knocked on the door? Pounding. He was pounding on okay. the door. Oh, okay. F- trying to, trying you know, to knock it off. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of quotes in this, and I'm going to do an old lady voice. Because, All right. You know, so. Um, so uh, he was outside saying, please call an ambulance. I'm sick, she said. Uh, she called the police, but wouldn't let him in inside the house, inside the apartment, which is smart. Because that was, you know, that was the Trojan horse. He yeah. was saying, like, I'm sick. Oh, man, I need help. Open the door. All right. You wait right here. Yeah, I'll call the ambulance. They'll be here in a little bit. Yeah. You wait out there. All right, the chain is on the door. Um. So, uh, yeah, so like, I said, like I said, she said she called the police. She says uh, this is when he became angry when she, she said she wasn't opening the door. I hear a loud noise. I'm thinking, what the heck was that? The young man is in my home. He broke the door. Mm. What the suspect... Uh, likely didn't realize is Murphy is an award-winning bodybuilder who works out at the Maple Wa- Maplewood YMCA almost every day. This woman is jacked. She's got biceps and triceps and delts and shit is crazy. How old is she? Eighty-five. Eighty-two. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to be. Eighty-two. Like you said you wanted to live to be a hundred. And good I shape. saw the video Put of those old shape. people running. It looked incredibly painful. <laughs> I, I I will secede to you that the video exists. That didn't help yeah. your case to me for yeah. living to be a hundred. But did she finish? Yeah, a lot oh, of them. A lot of them finished. A lot right. of them finished. They's running strong, but slow, but strong. Yeah, You're, you got me on that one. Uh, so she works at the YMCA almost every day. He picked the wrong house to break into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murphy says it was dark, so she was able to hide as the suspect. Wa- Again, I urge people listen, Jennifer Lopez. The movie Enough is in a, there's a very underrated scene in that movie that I saw once and heated in every home that I've lived in ever since. She broke into her ex-husband's home, who she had an enough of, hence mm-hmm. the title, and was going to beat him to death. That was her plan. She broke into his house and she mapped out the house with her footsteps. She walked around the house. She said, okay, if I turn left here, there's a lamp here. Okay, boom. Because it was five. dark? No, because she knew she knew that she needed to be able to maneuver around the house. It wasn't dark, but oh. she knew that the biggest advantage somebody has, we learned from Home Alone, 
is being in their home and you come into their home. But she broke into her husband's house. She broke into her husband's house, but she took away his advantage of knowing where the knives are and he goes here and this is where you keep the heavy things and the ashtrays over here. She studied the house before he came home, so she then knew the layout of the house as well as he knew it. Mm -hmm. And I implore people to know your house, is my point. Know your house. Know that you can... I in the I can close my eyes right now. I can get to the light switch. I can get to the steps. I know where to turn. I put my hand and come around the steps. I know where the first step is. I know how to get down to the bottom of the steps. I know how to make a right. I know where that bench is. I know step right to avoid kicking my foot on the bench. I just know my house. Yeah. It's an advantage that you have. Because mm-hmm. if somebody breaks into your house, if you cut all the lights off, you instantly have more of an advantage than that person has. Yeah. So, you know, Willie Murphy used that to her advantage. Uh, so she said it was dark, so she was able to hide as the suspect walked through her house. She acted quickly and grabbed the closest thing she could find. I picked up the table, and I went to work on him, mm. she said. The table broke. Mm-hmm. And when he, and she said, uh, and when he's down, she continued. She said, I'm, I'm jumping on him and everything. Uh, she says once the suspect was injured, she ran and grabbed a bottle of shampoo. And started pouring it on him. <laughs> <laughs> you joking? No, I'm dead ass. <laughs> uh, 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 well, she has an explanation. Let me see. I grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed the shampoo. She said, "Guess what? He's still on the ground. In his face, all of it, the whole thing." <laughs> I don't know why she did that. What was this? I don't know. He why came. She did. He came barely unprepared. She, I don't know why she did that. She didn't go get like you know, uh, you know, four oh nine or yeah. something that's toxic bleach, shampoo. I don't get that one. Yeah, but she said it like, and you know what? Guess what? Now he's on the ground. Yeah. shampoo all over his face. It's like okay, I, uh, I guess. Yeah, you got him. But she already kicked his ass, so I, I don't, you know, hey, hey, listen, uh, all of it, the whole thing. <laughs> I got the broom. She continued. Uh, he's pulling the broom. I'm hitting him with the broom, so he's covered in. Was this was this intruder ninety? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, the lady looked tough. I don't know how old he was, but he obviously wasn't prepared for Willie. Uh, for uh, Willie, um, uh, she's beating him with a broom. He's covered in shampoo. Uh, finally, officers arrived, and the man was sent to the hospital. And Murphy was applauded by the first responders. She said the officers that came wanted to go on my front porch and take selfies with me. Friday, she returned to the YMCA and got a hero's welcome. For the record, Murphy says she can deadlift 225 pounds. Damn. She hopes this story inspires people of all ages. So that was the wild story of Willie Murphy. Again, I'm not really sure why she poured shampoo champagne. all over that yeah, man. Champagne, well, I don't get that. Um, e- champagne even would have been a better yeah. thing. To I thought. I thought that's what you were gonna say. Like, I guess, listen. I guess when, when champagne gets in your eyes, it burns. What about but, shampoo? Shampoo uh, gets burns your eyes too. That's what I said. Shampoo. That. You said champagne. Well, both they do, but <laughs> shampoo. That's I'm trying to follow her logic. Yeah. Shampoo when it gets in your eyes, it burns, but. Shampoo usually gets in my eyes unintentionally. I've never yeah. thought about pouring it on somebody and hoping that it, you know, gets in their eyes so when, they're, when they're dry too. Like the dry, yeah. the wet is what creates all the suds and yeah. all the chances of it dripping into your eye. Just pouring a bottle of Head and Shoulders on somebody is pretty but wild. So much time though. Yeah, for her to be like, yeah, I kicked your ass. You wait right there on the yeah. ground. I'll be right back. And ran to the bathroom and was like, okay, not yeah. the, not the, not the, uh, you know. Uh, not the Garnier Frutis. Uh, let me get the head shoulders. Boom. Yeah. That's got, you know, 
stuff in it. Boom. And poured it on all, all over him and was like, yeah. and that's right, I poured the shampoo all over yeah. his ass. I went and grabbed the salt and seasoned his ass. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm like, what, again, snail? salt might have even been a... <laughs> shampoo is the most random thing I've ever heard of somebody grabbing in defense of their home. Yeah. Uh, but it worked, man. Shout out to Willie Myers, man. Yeah. Uh, again, she is fucking jacked, you know, and, and if by the grace of God I live to be 82 years old, I hope I still have the... Uh, Initiative to get up and go to the gym and go to YMCA. Well, you said seventy, you you clocking out. I want to, but if that sweet release of death doesn't come to me at that time, and I'm forced to live another twelve yeah. years, you know, I hope I I hope I get my second wind. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I do want to live to be a hundred. I'm gonna fucking work out and jump yeah. out of planes and take up racing. You know, I don't know. Bucket list shit. Yeah. Bucket list shit. Um, I got a question before we close this thing out, please. Um, this goes to our listeners also. I've been seeing this question a lot. Uh-huh. If I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about it or not. Uh-huh. But when that you was... eat cereal, mm-hmm. what are the steps of you making your cereal before you eat it? I pour the cereal in the bowl, and then I pour the milk in the bowl, and then I eat the yeah, cereal. Yeah, me too. A lot of people have been saying they pour the milk first. Those people are. That's, and then that's the psychotic. Um, you should be concerned. You should be concerned about anybody who does that and proclaims it to be normal is a sick person. They say now, it's like the shit. If we're talking second bowl. That's different. There's no other option that you. That's have. different. You yeah. know, you there's milk in the bowl. You have to pour the cereal on top of the milk. Yeah. But to come out of the gate and pour the milk first. Yeah. Is insane. Because now you have to try to mash down the cereal to get it in the milk and all these kind of things. I think those are the same type of people who um, my grandmother doesn't like her milk to touch her cereal, period. So she has a bowl that is split in the middle. And you pour the milk in one side, and you pour the cereal in the other side, and then you scoop the cereal dry. <laughs> Dip it in the milk. I think my grandmother might, might be a cereal killer. That's, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. You scoop the cereal dry and Dip, dip it. it dip it in the milk. Yeah. Eat it like That's that. rich people shit. That sounds like people that eat pizza with a knife and fork. I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know how rich these people are that you're saying that just pour the cereal on top of the milk. That just sounds psychotic to me. Yeah, just a question. I just uh, yeah. I how do just... you how do you eat your cereal? Hit us yeah. up on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Let us know how do you eat your cereal? Milk first, cereal first. If you eat if you do milk first, you're crazy, and we don't want to yeah. talk to you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Yep. I don't have a question like that. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuce. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Is that a religious thing? What? Thanksgiving. I don't know. Eat some so. food, man. Happy, yeah. you know, happy Don't November. eat turkey, though, because turkey is gross. I keep trying to tell people that. People don't want to hear me, man. I don't want to taste it's that dry, dry shit. Yeah, it's dry shit, man. You know, <laughs> got to put mad gravy I'll on it. I'll take some ham. Yeah, you know, some holiday ham. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so, uh, all right, man, deuces, y'all. Get some get some ham. You know, try to avoid that turkey if you can. Maybe get some nice roast beef. You know?
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 